morning. singing with us. You're doing a great job. And as we continue worshiping, just knowing that what we believe is our foundation. We believe that God is the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And he is preparing a place in heaven for us. As we continue worshiping, just keep our focus on who Jesus is and how he is an everlasting Father that loves us so. Through you. 
you. We adore you. You are the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. We thank you so much for being the lion and the lamb, for being the one that goes before us each and every day, for helping us to walk this life that you've called us to walk. Help us each and every day at our jobs, at our home. No matter what trial and tribulation, Lord God, we want to praise your name because you are worthy of all of our Yes. 
for the sins of the world. His blood breaks the chains, and every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. So open up the gates. Crossroads. Aren't you glad to be here this morning? We're glad that you're here this morning. Just, uh, just a few announcements. First of all, I'd like to welcome everyone to Crossroads and ask that you pass the friendship folders down the aisle at this time. 
Uh, what a great week it's been. We had just an incredible uh, Wednesday night uh, here at the church. We had a Thanksgiving Eve night of worship and communion and just a powerful time. Several of our uh, families shared how they've come to Christ, and uh, it was an exciting night. We just thank God for all that he's doing. Can we give our ga- a hand this morning? Let's just worship him and praise this morning and thank him for all that he's doing. I want to thank you for your faithfulness and, uh, and just uh, all that God is doing in your life. Uh, Just a few announcements coming up here. In two weeks, we have our Christmas Dessert Theater. Um, It's entitled A Perfect Christmas. That will be December 8, 9, and 10. That's Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. You'll start out in here with with the theater. Uh, A number of our people in the church uh, have been working for months to put this on, so that will be coming up here. We want to come out, and uh, the, the whole purpose of it is to bring a friend who needs Jesus. And I want to encourage you, the tickets are only $6. We've purposely have designed the event to, to be low cost so that uh, there's a dessert in the gymnasium afterwards. They're making it a Candyland theme. It'll be a fun night for families. Uh, people of all ages will enjoy the evening. But the whole purpose is to bring people who need to, uh, need to find Jesus. And so I want to encourage you, Christmas is one of the greatest opportunities that we have to help people find a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. So people are very open this time of year. And they will come if we invite them. So I want to encourage you, get them a ticket, go to the church website. You can get a ticket today on, right on the web, website. You can see Alicia Peterson. She'll be out at the table just to the left of the main doors here this morning. And uh, you can see her. She'll help you with any ticket needs that you have. But uh, the, the tickets are about, uh, we've sold about 40% so far. So uh, we have plenty of tickets open still, but they will move fast. And I want to encourage you to, uh, to get your tickets for you and your friends that you want to bring to Jesus. And then uh, our next announcement is coming up. We have our, uh, our Christmas in the Berg. This series begins next Sunday. Um, this is going to be a great time. I'd like to ask you to lean forward. Uh, just look at the, uh, the, in front of you, the, the little pocket on the seat in front of you. There's a little black card. It says Christmas in the Berg. I want you to take one or two of those with you, and I want to encourage you to invite somebody to church throughout the month of December. Uh, we're going to be talking about Christmas in the Berg. It's going to be a fun month here. You're guaranteed to hear a few Pittsburgh East terms throughout the series. And uh, it's just, it, we're going to obviously bring Jesus Christ. As you see there, we've got the manger forefront. It's all about Jesus, Christmas in Pittsburgh. So we want to encourage you to bring somebody. And on the back of that card, you also notice it has our Christmas Eve times. Christmas Eve falls on a Sunday. So what we're going to do is we're going to reschedule our services a little bit for that day. We'll have an 11 o'clock service as we would normally on a regular Sunday, but it'll be our Christmas Eve service. So there'll be three services, 11 o'clock, 3 o'clock, and 5 o'clock. If you've made it to one of those services, you've made it to Christmas Eve. And uh, the services will all be very similar in nature, and uh, we want to encourage you, again, take that card, invite a neighbor. I'm encouraging people in our church to, to make cookies, all right, and take them to your neighbor. Take those little cards and say, hey, I'd like to invite you to our church. Some of you make candy. Some of you make cookies. Some of you just buy cookies. That's what we do, all right? Just buy cookies. Go down here to Trax Farm and get some nice-looking cookies, throw them in a box, and take them to your neighbor and say, Merry Christmas, right? We're just, uh, we're, we're just, uh, that, that's just where we, where we land on the picture. But I want to encourage you, go do it and, uh, and invite them and take that little card and say, hey, if you don't have a church on Christmas Eve, I'd like to invite you up to our church. 
And this is the service I'm going to. I'm coming to the 3 o'clock or 5 o'clock or the 11 o'clock, and I'll meet you there. And just just do whatever God leads you to do. And uh, if we all pray, and then we take action on as God leads us. You know, we just got done talking on our series about talking with God. As you talk to him, he talks to you. And he impresses on your heart, hey, go do these things. It always comes back to his word, and you follow through on his word. But we know it is his will that none should perish, but that all should come to, re- uh, all should come to repentance in Christ. All should come to faith in Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you, be used by the Lord. And then uh, also, as we approach this Christmas season, our birthday gift to Jesus, the offering is open. Uh, we're, we've uh, asked you to begin to pray. The, the insert is in your bulletin there. You'll see birthday gift to Jesus, $81,000. So far, we have about 2000 that has come in. And I want to encourage you to, to pray about your part and to begin to give as God leads you. Uh, one of the missionaries on there, you'll notice there's so many missionaries on that list, and uh, we've highlighted a few in the uh, the past couple of weeks. Today, I'd like to highlight, this is Pastor Francois in Haiti. Some of you were there. I went to visit him whenever I was in high school in the 80s, and uh, he has been going and going and going, and now his son is leading the church. So his son, this is uh, Daniel John and his wife and kids, they are leading the church. And I have just a small update here. Uh, from uh, from Daniel John. Um, he says here, he says, Dear friends, may the grace and peace of our Lord be given to you from our Savior, Jesus Christ. I, I, am blessed, I bless the name of the Almighty God who gave me the opportunity to share with you these few lines. Before sharing with you my prayer request, may I share a scripture, Psalm 50, 15, and call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. He says in his word to call upon me when we are in difficult times to call on him. He will still come to help. He will deliver you and he will give and we and you will give him glory. So sanctify your heart, your life and lead a life that is glorifying to God. Let's see what our almighty God can do. And then he proceeds with his prayer request. He says, my father, and we'll put his picture up again there. My father, Pastor Francois, whose situation becomes more and more complicated each day. Uh, He needs financial support to see the doctors, to get food, and to meet other needs. I I want us to pray. You know, this was a man of God out there serving the Lord for so many years, and now his son is taking charge, but he's asking us to pray for his health and just some of the basic needs. Go to a doctor and get food. He says, I need your prayer for his family. Then he goes, this is Daniel John. He says, I need your prayers to help for my wife and my three children so that God will continue to keep us united in our home and in our marriage. We celebrate 11 years of marriage this past October. Please, I I need your prayer help. I continue to thank my brothers and sisters who have supported me for months and years in prayer and financial support. I hope you prosper in all respects and that God blesses you abundantly. Continue to pray for me. I will do it for you too. I will pray for you too. Please pray that the ministry that God has entrusted to me will grow in number and spiritual quality. Quantity. Uh, during August, we did a lot of activities. For example, summer camp for children, biblical training for leaders, and a prayer activity during the afternoon. We have one problem with evening activities, and that is this, that we have no electricity. We are praying that God gives us the opportunity to have a generator for evening services. God can do everything. He said in his word, commit 
your ways unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will bring it to pass. This is the word of God. Please, I need your prayer help. This is what we're doing through the birthday gift of Jesus. We're partnering with people like Daniel, John, Francois, and his family, uh, raising their families. He's a national pastor in Haiti, and we're coming alongside of them, and we're saying, hey, keep going because God has a plan for you. And they're praying for electricity. They're praying for a generator. They're praying, God, please give us the basic needs of life. And God has given us more than the basic needs of life. And as we come alongside and we give of that generous heart, what an amazing thing that we have. So as, as, as you feel led of the Lord, I want to encourage you. Ask the Lord, Lord, what can I give to, uh, to, uh, to help these missionaries? And it's your birthday gift to Jesus. It, make him the greatest gift on all of your lists. You know, this weekend, many of you were out shopping, no doubt. Black Friday crazy Saturday, whatever you call them now, right? You know, there's all kind of stuff going on out there and you're tired, you shop till you drop. Let's put Jesus at the highest part. The gifts are fun. I think we should give gifts to our family and have a good time. I know I had a great Thanksgiving with our family and just spending time together and we're looking forward to a great Christmas together. But let's make Jesus the greatest on his birthday. This time I'd like to ask our ushers to come forward as, they re- as we receive the morning offering. If you're here as a guest, we say welcome. Thank you for being here, and we'd like to invite you to stop by our welcome center. We have a gift just to say thank you for coming. And uh, if you're a guest, please feel free to let this offering pass you by. This is for those that are regular in the grace of giving. This morning, uh, our message will be brought to us from Luke McLean, our pastor of ministry development. And so I'm pretty excited about it. has been two great services last night and this morning. We're looking forward to one more here today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Our Father and our God, we come before you. We just thank you, Lord. You've been so good to us. You, you've just been moving and touching people's lives. God, uh, thank you for the stories we heard on Wednesday night, Thanksgiving Eve, of, of, of people that come here every week and their lives have been changed by an almighty God Lord that's why we give to you because of who you are because everything that we have belongs to you Lord so I ask God as we give to your name right now Lord that you'll bless this that uh, you'll be honored that you'll be adored Lord as we think about these missionaries as we as we pray for them as we as we uh, reach out to them Lord we think of Pastor Francois in Haiti uh, Daniel John Francois and his father uh, Pastor Francois. Lord, we, we lift them up to you. I thank you for these men who serve God. This church has been support, supporting these guys for 30 years. They're faithful through hurricanes, through, through earthquakes, through all the calamities that have come their way and, and in many areas not even having electricity. God, we lift our brothers and sisters up to you in Haiti this morning. Thank you for our church family, Lord. Be honored and adored as we worship you in giving. In your name we pray. Amen.
Well, good morning. Is everybody alive? A little bit, maybe. <laughs> uh, growing up, I uh, was really enthralled with leftovers. That's what we're going to talk about this morning is leftovers. And so you're probably starting to think a little bit about Thanksgiving. But what I would love is if you would turn to your neighbor and share what is your favorite food that when you save it and put it in the fridge and reheat it, so leftovers. So what is your favorite leftover food? Share that with your neighbor real quick. Favorite leftovers. So maybe it's uh, spaghetti. Maybe it's, that's the best. And my, yeah, pizza, pizza is good. Pizza is good leftover. But growing up, there were some things that we as kids, I have three younger sisters that we just grew up kind of thinking the rest of the world knew about. And one of those uh, was leftovers. My mom made the best spaghetti in my little bubble of, you know, growing up in the suburbs of Chicago. And one of the things that I thought was, man, when mom made spaghetti, it would go into these containers that, in my mind, I thought, you know, my mom bought these containers because they just, we had a whole set of them and they were fairly, you know, fancy because that's what we had and, you know, you just, you like what you got, you know? And so I remember these containers would receive the leftover food, they would go into the fridge and then after maybe a day or two, pull them out and reheat them. And that's just what we, you know, that's what we did as kids. Like, that was the idea of leftovers. And like I said, we had a whole set of him. And the funny thing is, is as some of these would, you know, kind of hit their wall and their limit and their lifespan would go away, like they would be yucky and gross, we'd throw them away. But the funny thing is, after mom would come back from the grocery store, they'd reappear. This is great, right? More leftover food receptacles. It was great. And I just remember, uh, again, these were very special leftover receptacles. And so um, I thought I'd share with you what I grew up was thinking, um, probably the best leftover uh, container ever. And some of you are going, now you're you're speaking, now you're speaking to me, right? But the funny thing is, is if these things were clean, right after, you know, had food in them, salad, cereal, if the dog's bowl was ready to go, hey, pop this baby open, throw some water in there, or food, and there it goes, you know? So Cool Whip containers for us were leftovers. That's what, they, that's what they meant. When we saw these in the fridge, now granted, maybe the one that was a little bit farther back, and maybe the lid had popped because something was fermenting inside, you know, you'd kind of do one of these. So you had to be real careful. You had to slowly open it. And if you already caught the whiff, you'd realize it. But anyway, so hopefully some of you are recognizing that uh, this is normal, right? This is okay. This is okay. But that was what we thought about leftovers. And so this morning, I just want to make a very simple connection between thankfulness and leftovers and this idea that thankfulness, it's a priority and it can't be a leftover. So I'm going to pray for us, and then I have a funny story I want to share with you. God, we are grateful to be in your presence this morning, to know that you walk with us every day. God, you know when we get up, you know when we go down. And God, we've acknowledged that you are great. 
we acknowledge that you are the lion and the lamb. God, we acknowledge uh, that you are just, you're good. And so we get all of our mess and we put it on the table, acknowledging that, uh, God, we know that we cannot do this life perfectly, but that's why you sent your son, Jesus. And so we claim the truth of knowing that we are your children this morning and that uh, your grace is enough. So we claim that truth just now and excited about what you're going to teach us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So a few years ago, Paul Harvey, a uh, radio commentator, aired this story about this woman that called into Butterball Turkey Hotline. It's a thing. You should call it if you ever need help with your turkeys. And so this woman calls in and she says, hi, I have a question for you. And the woman says, oh man, we're here to serve you and and all your turkey, you know, your Butterball turkey needs, whatever. And uh, this woman said, I have a 23-year-old frozen turkey in my freezer. And this woman says, how can we help you with your 23-year-old frozen turkey? And she said, I, I want to know, uh, can, I, can I reheat it? And so the Butterball representative is frantically looking through all of her script and trying to figure out what could she possibly say to this woman. So she says, let me check. So she goes and checks with her higher-ups because she can't like tell this woman to go heat up a 23-year-old frozen turkey if it's going to be bad and possibly hurt her, you know, that'd be bad. And so she says, after seeking, you know, wisdom for her higher-ups, she says, ma'am, I'd like to inform you that the turkey is safe to eat, but since the turkey has been in there for 23 years, the flavor is most likely deteriorated completely, but it is, in fact, safe to eat. The woman very confidently responds after hearing this, oh great, that's what I thought. I can't wait to give this to the church. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, like Kenny was mentioned, you know, we're, we're all coming off the Thanksgiving, you know, and some of you, it was great. Some of you, it was painstaking. Some of you, it was just kind of in the middle. You know, some of you had to travel all over the place and back and forth, and some of you had three or four Thanksgivings. I just want to touch on one more thing before you kind of cap that off. I know, I know we probably have a little bit more leftovers in our, in our refrigerator with some Thanksgiving good stuff in there. So we're excited about that this afternoon. But um, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I, so I take my kids to school and I take my oldest to kindergarten. I drop him off and he walks in and then I take my middle, or, uh, my middle child, uh, our preschooler here at the church. And after I drop them off, you know, I, I go up in my office and I do work here. And what's interesting is I just realized a couple weeks ago, I'm like, this is a really awesome privilege to drive my kids to school. And so out of that heart, I just said, well, I'm going to do something to try to, you know, you've got captive audience. Why not take advantage of it, right? Uh, Sometimes we sing. Sometimes if it's, you know, when the weather is nice, roll the windows down and rock out to some music. But just recently I said, hey, what are you thankful for? And without hesitation, my oldest son responds, well, why do I need to tell you? I'm your dad. I mean, I don't know. What else do you say, right? But what's funny is it took that first hurdle. And after we got over that first hurdle of that first day of asking that question, what we found was they would say what they were thankful for. And it got to be from, I'm thankful for my brother to, I'm thankful when my brother and I play Legos. Or I'm thankful when mommy and daddy, we have fun together. It got more and more specific. And I thought, I wonder if there's something here. The more that we talk about our thankfulness, the more that we express our thankfulness, 
it gets specific and we start to really fine tune how we look at how thankful we can be and should be. And so, you know, after that first week, I remember going up in my office and I thought, man, I have a lot to be thankful for. Thanks, God. Just a simple reflection. I can't always tell you have those, but I did. But we know that thankfulness isn't always something we feel, right? Because our thankfulness most often is in what our circumstances look like. When things are great, I'm thankful. When things aren't so great, I'm like, how can I be thankful? Or what does it even look like? You know, I'm thankful when I'm employed. I'm thankful when my kids are obedient. I'm thankful when people seem to like me. I'm thankful when life is good, when things aren't bad. But what about the other times? What about when you get let go from work? What about when the kids just seem very distant? They don't pay attention. They may have said things to you. What about when people seem distant and nobody's in your corner? Like you can't find one person who supports you. Or when life is just kind of blah. Giving thanks through the highs and the lows seems really out of reach. And like I said, there's no perfect way to approach this idea. But this is where God's word gives us a lot of clarity. Is how he desires for us as followers of Jesus to to live our lives. But it's going to require us to maybe be in a place that's a little uncomfortable. You see, thankfulness is a priority and it can't be a leftover. Being thankful for so much is what we might do during Thanksgiving or maybe on a good day or maybe at a meal or even just, hey, it's Friday. (laughs) I'm thankful. Thankfulness may even look just like not complaining. You know, Paul gives a really cool word for us in First Thessalonians chapter 5. So if you want to turn to First Thessalonians chapter 5, we're going to camp there for just a minute. But it's interesting as he's talking to the church there, the letter was written to explain more about God's will. And we'll touch on that at the very end of this message about well, how does God's will tie into this. But this is what Paul says in First Thessalonians 5.18. He says, Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And if you go back to the, if really focus in, he says, give thanks in all circumstances. That's how God desires for us to live. You know, I, I think this idea of giving thanks in all circumstances, it's a fight. Because we don't always feel, right? Feelings are fleeting, right? Feelings are fleeting. They, they go up, they go down, they're hard to understand. They don't make sense. You don't know why you feel the way you do sometimes. And so if our thankfulness is dependent on our feelings, it's going to be all over the place. But he says to be thankful in all circumstances. And I think actually, if you look at this passage, it makes me start to think about if we are, if we are thankful for only some circumstances, it kind of puts boundaries around how God desires us to live. You see, in Christ, we're free. You know, we're free, we're free to be thankful. We're free, you know, from that life that we once led or even free, we're free from those chains of going, my identity is dependent on what I do. You see, now in Christ, our identity is in, who, in what Jesus already did. And that's that truth we can proclaim. So we can find something to be thankful for in all these different things that we go through. And it's interesting is Paul never instructed the church to be thankful, to thank God for evil events but to thank God that even in evil times and circumstances, our hope remains and God continues his work in our lives. A dear friend of mine, uh, maybe a month or two ago, shared with me his life verse. And he said to me, this, is the, this really gets me. He said, this is one of my favorite verses and every time I read it, 
I know that I don't like it, but I know that it's true. And I thought, man, there's a lot of passages I could say that about. But Romans 8.28 says this, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. You see, this idea of thankfulness that gives thanks in all circumstances even gives thanks for the thorns and not always the roses in life. George Matheson, a Scottish minister and hymn writer who was practically blind at 18, he wrote this prayer, and it's up on the screen. He says, My God, I have never thanked you for my thorns. Thanked you a thousand times for my roses. But I've never thanked you for my thorns. Teach me the glory of the cross I bear. Teach me the value of my thorns. Show me that I have climbed closer to you among, along the path of pain. Show me that through my tears, the colors of your rainbow look much more brilliant. You know, that prayer isn't giving thanks for his circumstances. It's giving thanks in the circumstance. Because if we give thanks for our circumstance, right, it's going to depend on what it is. <laughs> if things are great, I'm going to be thankful. If things aren't so great, why should I be thankful? That's what our culture teaches us, right? You know, at the end of 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Paul mentions this idea of being in Christ Jesus. And there's something really important to pay attention there. Because again, this idea of being thankful, of giving thanks in all circumstances, that's not a human agenda. Our human agenda, our cultural agenda, is be thanks for our circumstance. As long as it looks good, or if it looks good, if you make it look good, then that's good. You should give thanks for that. But if it doesn't look good, you don't have to give thanks for it. If you have hard times, why worry about it? Just get through it. But because we're in Christ Jesus, this idea of giving thanks, that's of divine origin. So, every, so this whole idea is conditional in Jesus Christ. Colossians 2, 6, and 7 sh- shed some light on this. Paul says, So then, just as you've received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. This idea of receiving Jesus is to, to begin that relationship with Jesus, to say, I'm all in. To say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I believe what you did on the cross for me. To begin that relationship with Jesus Christ, to grow in him. So you get this image of planting a seed. The seed starts to grow. It grows up, and what's the, what's the result? Is it produces fruit. It produces leaves. And so thankfulness is that result of that relationship with Jesus Christ, is this thankfulness. And so this idea of thankfulness is giving thanks in all circumstances, But remember, it's conditional on Jesus Christ. Because without Jesus, we wouldn't have a reason to be thankful or even a drive to be thankful in those situations. So thankfulness in this situation is the result of relationship. You know, that prayer that I read by George Matheson, if you go into Google and you just type in simply um, George Matheson prayer or, you know, giving thanks to the thorns, because of that prayer, there there are flower shops uh, all over the United States, and I can't tell you there's a, a lot of them, but there's several of them, that you can read these stories about this one uh, shop that adopted this prayer and was really changed through a really hard time. And just seeing God's bigger picture in life, that God is working through all things, even though it's hard to see it. And so what they did was they prepared this, this, the, this arrangement called the Thanksgiving Arrangement. And the arrangement is actually a, a, a dozen stem, or ro- or flowerless stems, flower, flowerless roses that are just the stems and the thorns. 
just tied up. And I'm like reading this, I'm going, wow, like that's really deep. And people don't understand it, but once they understand the root of it, they understand that these people buy it to remind themselves to be thankful even during the hard times because God's at work. Although we don't see it, although it doesn't make sense, God is still at work. So we know that this building relationship with God is a daily thing. Praying, spending time in the word, spending time in community, overflowing with thankfulness, it's easier said than done. It's a great picture. Giving thanks in all circumstances, it's a fight. It's a hard fight because it's a struggle between giving thanks for our circumstances and giving thanks in our circumstances. So how do we begin to overflow with thankfulness as we focus on our priorities? You know, Jesus talks about the, the woman who gave out of her poverty. And then he also talks about people that gave of their great wealth. And the truth is, is that Jesus wasn't talking about the amount, but he was talking about the extent. He's talking about the heart, the priority by which it was given. Because, you know, there are times when we are able to give much and there were well, times to give little, and it's not the amount, but it's the heart that God's after. So Luke, two, Luke 21, 1 through 4 is a, a, a passage many of you probably know. But if you don't, I'd love to read it for us. It says, As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Jesus says, I, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth. But she gave out of her poverty and all she had to live on. You see, the heart, the priority is what God's after. Not the amount or the extent. It's not difficult to pull out the same I'm thankful for statement every year. When we were kids, my mom used to have us write on a piece of paper and she put in a little box what we were thankful for and then we'd read it the following year. And so I got smart. <clears throat> Probably know where this is going. So I uh, would take the paper, act like I was writing something, fold it back, put it in the box. And for three years, Luke was really thankful for family. You know, that's what I did every year. And I was thinking about that and I'm like, man, that's my 23-year-old frozen turkey. That was my turkey. That was my 23-year-old frozen turkey. It wasn't what was said. It was the heart. You know, it's, it's, it's not difficult to give a 23-year-old frozen turkey away, but it is difficult to give thanks in all circumstances and to make that a priority. To give thanks for the thorns and then to give thanks for the roses in life. Making thankfulness is a priority it's not an overnight deal. It takes practice. Maybe for some it starts off by just verbally saying what you're thankful for in the car. Maybe you do that on the way home. And then it becomes vocalizing what we're thankful for in front of other people. When people ask about our Thanksgiving, we can find something to be thankful for. Maybe it's just the fact that we had a Thanksgiving or that this person was there. We can find things to be thankful for. And maybe that, I talked to someone last night and they said, you know what's so fun is, just so crazy about how God works is, it, it started off so small, but when I was able to start articulating what I was thankful for, and it could be an internal thing, it doesn't have to be write it or post it on social media, but as you start to develop that heart of thankfulness and make it a priority, what she's been able to do is people have come to her and share their story and she's like, 
man, you have so much to be thankful for. And they're like, what are you talking about? And then she kind of helps them connect the dots. And these people have been finding and seeing a little glimpse of God's bigger picture in their life out of a heart of thankfulness and making it a priority. For those of you with kids, it also takes a lot of practice. It's amazing when our kids, without asking, simply acknowledge something they're thankful for. Sometimes we capture it and sometimes we miss it. Let's be honest. It takes time and it takes modeling from us as parents. I can't get upset with my kids for not acting a certain way if I'm not willing to do the same myself. Plus, I'm reminded frequently that I can't be afraid to live life in front of my kids. I can't be afraid to be sad. I can't be afraid to be happy, express frustration. But what's amazing is when you're able to do those things with your kids, and then you talk through, all right, I don't get this. This doesn't make sense. But there's a bigger picture, and I know that, I know there's a bigger picture. I know that God's working. And it's just, been, it's just been really crazy. And I'm not doing it perfectly because I can tell you a lot of the mess-ups because I miss, I miss it all the time. But when I do with my kids and teach them along the way and live life in front of them, it's, it's brought up great conversation. And my hope and my prayers that my kids are knowing that God works in and out of all things and that we can truly be thankful in all circumstances. So we're in a, when we're able to give thanks for the thorns in our life, seeing the roses... And giving thanks for the roses becomes much clearer. You know, I've talked to a lot of people who wonder what God's will is for life. Sure, college students, you might be in that boat. Or some of you adults, you're in a season of life where you're like, what am, what am I supposed to do? You know, if, and, and we, I've prayed this prayer like, God, if you show me, <laughs> if this happens, then I'll know what to do. I had a professor in, in college when I was in this kind of like, what do I want to do with my life? Like, what do I want to be when I grow up? And I know some of you are probably still asking that question. Um, he said, do you ever read First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18? I said, um, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> he said, there's three things in there. Why don't you focus on those three things? And then worry about trying to figure it all out. You know, if you do a simple search of will plus God, you'll easily find God's revealed will. What God already shows us what, how he wants us to live. And it's in 1 Thessalonians five sixteen through 18. And it says to rejoice always. We just got out of a prayer series to pray without ceasing, to pray during the day, to spend time with God, meet with God all the time. And then the last one is to give thanks in all circumstances. So there you go. There's the will of God, to rejoice, to pray, and to give thanks always. But it's easier said than done. To make thankfulness a priority and not a leftover, we need God's help. And we need God's grace. Because this all sounds great, but you know at the end of the day, we can't do it perfectly. And so we cling to the truth of knowing that Jesus has already done what we could not do, and we cling to that. So my challenge to us all this morning is to make thankfulness a priority, and, and don't, don't make it a leftover. Don't make it a last-minute a last thing. Live a life of thankfulness and giving thanks in all circumstances, even for the thorns and even for the roses. Would you pray with me this morning? God, we just come before you acknowledging that it's, this is a lot. This is a lot to think about. 
God, this, this idea of giving thanks in all circumstances. God, knowing that many of us are sitting right now holding many thorns. Some of us have a few roses. Some of us are holding a mix of both. And we're trying to figure out how we can be thankful. How we can give thanks. And so, Father, I ask that you would just reveal in us. God, show us. God, what it is that you would have us do as we leave here. And God, we, we, we consider, God, just to know the truth of your word that says that we should rejoice always, we should pray without ceasing, and God, that we should give thanks in all circumstances. And so God, as we focus on these things in our life, we know that we're going to mess up. We thank you for your grace and knowing that in our thorns, in our hard times, God, you are still working and that you are still at work. That's a lot to be thankful for, is knowing that even in our mess-ups, God, you're still working and your plan is still sovereign. God, I know that there are people here this morning that are wrestling with how to give thanks, maybe considering a hard time in life or a thorn that they're experiencing right now. And God, we know the only way that we can possibly get to the point of being thankful is to start with Jesus. So if you're here in this service and you're going, I need to start with Jesus and I need to give my life to him because I want to start to find thankfulness in these areas of my life. Not perfectly, but I want to start to see it. It's just so simple. Just, just a simple statement of just saying, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins, for paying for that penalty that I deserved. Jesus, I surrender my life to follow you all of my days to start to live your story. And so God, um, I'm just ready. I want to show a watching world what thankfulness looks like and I know I need Jesus. I commit my life to follow you. God, I pray that, um, God, if there's people here just wanting to know what that next step is, God, I pray that they would just be reaffirmed of knowing that we can start with your word and just know you give it to us right there always to pray without ceasing and to give thanks in all circumstances but we know we need your help and so we ask for it right now we ask all these things in Jesus precious name Amen. would you stand as we close our service this morning
we'll see you back here next Sunday, continuing on our series. Have a good day, everybody.